Stand and worship the Lord here today. Merry Christmas.
Welcome, everybody. Glad you're here. Everybody can believe it's Christmas already? I hope you do. All right, it is. <laughs> All right. You ready to worship some more? That was lame. You ready to worship some more? Let's do it. Sing Jesus. 
right, everyone. What we want you to do right now is just have a seat. We're going to have our, um, our Advent, and then we're going to follow with communion today. A humble and faithful servant of the Lord, searching a lifetime for the consolation of Israel, here's a message from the Lord. You will not die until you see the Messiah. The whole world, whether they knew it or not, waited, watched, wondered with great anticipation for divine deliverance. And then one still and starry night, we peer into the face of perfect peace. We who once waited in darkness now see the light of salvation. We who stirred in restless turmoil welcome the newborn King. He is the light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of the people of Israel. He is the long-awaited promise, the tidings of comfort, the goodwill toward man, the gift from God to his people, washing away darkness with light, offering forgiveness of sin with a cleansing sacrifice that blots out the permanent stain on the soul of all humankind and sets it into an eternal peace for all who call on the name of the Lord. The consolation of Israel has begun in the quiet town of Bethlehem. It is not the end of the story. It is only the beginning. All right, at this time, we're going to go ahead and we're going to celebrate communion today. And, um, and so we, we do that uh, usually on, um, on Christmas Eve, and we usually combine that with uh, one service, but today we have the opportunity. It's on a Sunday, so we have a morning and we have an evening, so we're going to go ahead and have this today. Also, I do want to rec- um, remember tonight at 7, we're going to have a family, uh, family come as you are. Uh, Patty already has come as she is, um, so, um, but uh, <laughs> our little elf here, but um, we want you to uh, just come and have a, a good celebration uh, together with the people of God, just to celebrate the real reason for the season. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to celebrate communion today. We recognize um, that Jesus was born where? Where was he born in? Anybody know? Bethlehem. And Bethlehem means house of bread. Did you know that? So it's interesting. One of the terms that Jesus called himself or was referred to Jesus is the bread of life. And it's pretty amazing that the bread of life was baked in a bakery. Um, and there's no mistake of that. So on the night, though, that Jesus gave himself up for us, just a just several miles up the road from where he was, um, where he was born, he sat with his disciples some 30 plus years later. And during a Seder meal, recognizing God's redemption from people, uh, from the Israelites, from Egypt, he took bread, he broke it after giving thanks to God. He passed it around and gave it to his disciples and said, take and eat from this all of you. This is my body, which is broken for you and for many. Likewise, after supper, he took the cup, and once again, he began to pass around the cup, and he gave it to his disciples and said, take and drink from this, all of you. This is my blood shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Take this and drink this and remember to me. And so one of the things that we tend to forget is that um, we, we, uh, we love Christmas, so many love Christmas, but the whole purpose of Christmas is leading us to Good Friday and ultimately to Easter Sunday, that he came to right what was wrong. The sinless, spotless Lamb of God was born in a manger to save us from our sins. And so, Lord, we recognize that in in our world, that this world needs the body of Christ. 
um, we need to be the hands and feet of Christ. And so, Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit be upon us, gathered here upon these gifts, make them be for us the body and the blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ set apart by his precious blood. Make us one with each other and one in ministry to all the world until we feast again at his heavenly banquet table. As we proclaim the mystery of faith that Christ has died and Christ has risen and Christ will come again. This season of Advent is called, it's, it's focusing on coming, coming into the world of Jesus. But more importantly, we are praying for his second coming anytime. Wouldn't that be a great Christmas present? And so, so Lord, we just ask that your Holy Spirit just be with us here. That as we come in contact um, with each other through this act of uh, sacrament that we receive um, the, the elements in the communion that God that you may you may meet us in a special way and we give you praise for that in Jesus name amen now in communion there's several things that people ask you know that several different churches have their different rules and um, and in our tradition the tradition I grew up in it's open for anyone and you just got to ask yourself the question um, do you do you um, do you have sin in your life I'm going to give you the answer to that yes I know some of you really well. You have a lot of it. So, um, but no, we all do. We all do. Scripture tells us one thing. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Sin is that big church term, right? Um, that big, oh my gosh, sin. It just means missing the mark. And uh, if, if you've ever missed the mark on driving down the road, you, you sinned. You know, if you ever um, just missed the mark of, you know, your, your diet program back at the beginning of the year, right? You can start again in a, couple, in a week or so. But um, we, that's, just, that's all it means. We just missed the mark. And every single one of us has missed the mark of what God has intended for us. And so by doing that, he, Jesus came to put us right back on. So we just say, okay, I, I missed that mark, and I want to I I get back on the mark. The other thing is, are there people in your life that you don't get along with very well? Anybody? Anybody? If they're sitting next to you, just kind of breathe out of one, uh, one nostril or something. I don't know. But um, just, you know, like, there may be some people that you just don't get along with very well. And, you know, just, that's when you just give it to the Lord and say, Lord, I just, got, I, I just need peace. Um, some of them may be packing your house tonight or tomorrow. And you may be like, I don't know what I'm going to do, Lord. And he just says, hey, just give it to me. Just give it to me. All right? And, you know, the, the other thing is that who is Jesus to you? Who is he to you in your life? You know, and, and do you really, you've got to deal with them one way or now. My suggestion is deal with them now. Don't wait till the end, all right? And so, uh, because at, every, at the end, every knee will bow and every tongue confess, but not every one of those knees that bows and tongue confess will go to heaven. And so we need to ha- allow Jesus to be born in our lives again. And so what we're going to um, do, I'm going to ask the servers to come forward, if they would.
All right, we do have ushers that are going to go ahead and give you instructions. What we're going to do, we'll be coming from the back, and we have three different stations that, um, that you can be served to. What you'll do, you'll receive from them. Uh, you just, just receive. We have somebody who will be giving that to you. Um, and as you receive that, you can take it. Also, we recognize that um, there, we still live in, um, in difficult times, and, and there's a lot of stuff going around. We do have prepackaged as well with wafer in the top and also the, the drink. It doesn't matter how we take it. It's just a matter of what we're doing, okay? So that's here. So even if you're on the far side and you want to come over here, that's fine. We also have gluten-free and, and other kinds of things, but we want to make sure that, that, um, that you, you just receive the Lord. It's also not a time. I know it's a festive time. Say, hey, how you doing? Good to see everybody. Don't use that as time. Use that as time to just fellowship with Jesus. Just connect him where he is. So we'll be coming from the back. They'll be leading you down the side. We'll come down and around, that side down and around, and that side down and around. But just listen to the ushers in the back, and they'll, they'll release you. But this is the table of the Lord. Use this as time to just focus on those things. Who is Jesus for you? What is that area of your life where you're missing the mark, and who are the people that you want to live at peace with in your life? And, and how do you want to just let go of, maybe you may have something that's just, you know, got you by humbug for a long time, and you just need to release that in Jesus' name, right? Come to the table.
how great he is. Amen? How great thou art. Isn't it amazing that we have an awesome God? And if anyone needs to be served and you weren't able to come up, um, just raise your hand. We'll go ahead and have you do that. I know the praise team can go ahead and, um, and get served as well. And, um, and there's someone back there. If you'll go ahead and serve somebody back there. We'll take care of that. Okay, good. All right. All right, and has everyone been served? One of the things we recognize is we do recognize in our world that we, this world does need, need Jesus, uh, needs, need Jesus in an amazing way, right? And um, we, we hope that we will be the light of the world for, um, uh, light of Jesus for the whole world. Amen? All right, at this time, we're going to ask that our kids, they can go ahead and head to our Haven Kids. And somebody else near you, tell them Merry Christmas. Hallelujah. Merry Christmas. I, I won't be in trouble for that, will I? Okay. It is Christmas. It is Christmas Eve, and the elves are in the house. Woo! I'm going to work with you next year. We're going to be twinsies. It's all good. I just want to praise the Lord. Thank you all for coming out today, because I know this is like the next busiest day in the world. Don't let anybody kid you. My home, my husband is home cooking our meal. So pray for him and pray for me when I get there. Um, and I thank him very much because I did create a small traffic jam in communion because he wasn't here. So I will get better at that. But I want to welcome our friends online. And here comes Lisa. Um, Merry Christmas out there to you guys. I know you're all doing good. Um, and I hope you're all merry. Okay, I got to read my notes. Um, we have a, a praise 
Justin Webb celebrated 50 years. Yes, Friday. Happy birthday. Um, and also, we want to um, lift some folks in prayer today. Um, Emma Gale has asked us that uh, the Blunt family lost their second son, um, Bryson, and I think it was last week, to, to can uh, he had cancer. They lost their other son just earlier, and these were very young, young children. So uh, keep that family in prayer, because um, that's really sad, really sad. Um, Tammy Morris has asked for uh, prayers for Taylor Good Goodwin. Um, they, he, Taylor needs a pacemaker and is at St. Francis Hospital waiting. I can't find you, but I know you're out there. Um, Gretchen has asked us to lift her friend Chris Vaccaro. And we want an update on Ruth's sister. She has gone through her surgery for cancer and is doing well and will be starting her chemo. And her husband, the brother-in-law, is still being treated for cancer. So we want to really lift that family because they have a lot going on right now. Um, I want to reach out to um, Liz and Hope and Debbie Chadwick for healing. We want to get them all repaired and back in church. Um, and June's husband, Paul, if we could all just really keep them strong in prayer. Um, he's active with hospice now, and uh, we just want to keep June and Chris in our prayers during this time. Um, Nancy has asked for some unspoken prayers. We will lift that today. Um, and Steve's dad, Cecil, is having emergency surgery today. So we will definitely keep him in prayer and uh, pray that all goes well. Okay? Um, I also want to reach out and pray for all those that are in recovery and tell you how proud I am of you because you've all come a long way. Um, one of them special to my heart is here today, and I know he's in recovery and continues to recover, and he's brought his whole family to church, so I'm just really excited about that. Um, also, for those who are traveling, traveling mercies, I don't know about you, but I've got Jack's road rage. People are crazy. They are crazy on the streets, so watch out, okay? Now, we are going to go to prayer, and I'll stop talking because I'm going to start praying. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this church filled with warm hearts today as we go into the season that reminds us to put Christ back in Christmas. You are our Savior, and we are grateful and I want everyone here to be able to lift up to you any troubles, any concerns, any hurts, because you will take care of us. You're with us every day. Be with those who couldn't be here today and watch over them. Be with those who we've lifted for healing, that they may heal. And for those who just don't know the reason for this season, if each one of us here reach out and tell one person why we celebrate, and how grateful we are that God gave his only son so that we could be here and be free today. I pray for Pastor Jack today as he gives us our sermon, and I pray that we all go our ways today and have a wonderful Christmas Eve and come back tonight at 7. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <laughs> Thank you.
In the vast tapestry of life, some moments define us. Moments that echo through the corridors of time, yet, many of the things we fill our days with seem to fade away, lost in the sands of forgetfulness. It's a common narrative. The constant pursuit of success, accumulating possessions, and racing through life. It's easy to get caught up in the relentless ticking of the clock where we measure our days by tasks accomplished and goals achieved. But what if life is not meant to be measured by the passing of time, but by the sacred moments that shape our journey? God never intended for our life significance to be found in what we accumulate, but in the moments that make our hearts beat a little faster, that bring tears of joy or sorrow that leave an indelible mark on our souls. Moments when you are at a crossroads with a decision heavier than expected. Then like divine whispers through a moment of obedience to God's calling, your future is forever changed. Like moments in the lives of Joseph, a carpenter, Mary, a young woman, and shepherds, humble and overlooked. That pulled all of them from the confines of ordinary life to discover the extraordinary. Moments that may have seemed weighty at first glance, but carried the weight of divine purpose. These timeless stories hold within them for us, the keys to unlocking the significance of sacred moments. All right, we're here. Christmas Eve. Don't be so excited. Um, so uh, what a week. Uh, about uh, Tuesday night, Wednesday, I started coming down with something, and it laid me out pretty good most of the week. And so I'm just... Uh, I'm recovering, but I'm kind of like, uh, I told somebody I feel like I have a hangover without the story. You know what I mean? Um, and that's kind of how I feel. Um, but um, I'm feeling better. I'm just really tired and I'm not contagious, so you don't have to freak out now. It wasn't COVID. Um, otherwise, I'd be doing this from a screen somewhere or something. I, who knows? What are the rules now? Anybody know the rules? Um, what? Marjorie, well, how did I not know you wouldn't know? I mean, I mean. Come on, but anyway, uh, either way, I know there's a lot of sickness, a lot of people going through some things. I know um, RSV is real big for kids and for adults. Also, um, different types of flus and COVID and you name it. it it's like the, we spin the roulette wheel of, um, of what we're going to get. But anyway, I hope everybody has a good, safe, healthy uh, Christmas. And I'm looking forward to taking a nap in a little bit. All right. But, but besides that, we have stuff to do. We, gotta, we have tasks to do. And one of the things we're going to do is we're going to complete our series today. Um, again, tonight at 7, um, just please come as you are. We're going to have a great time and just have a, have a good time just to celebrate. Have a good time with the kids, some songs um, and some scriptures, and, and just celebrate the Lord, all right? Um, and that'll be at 7 o'clock. Um, so all right, we've been in a series, and we're completing a series called Sacred Moments. And, and uh, we're in this last week, and, and basically one of the things that we started the premise with of this series is simply this, that life is not measured by time, life is measured in moments. 
is measured in certain moments. Like we, we remember certain things, we remember times. Like for instance, when I think back at, at Christmas time, some of the Christmases I think about, I think about when I was a little kid and my, my grandmother and grandfather were there. We weren't even in Northeast. I was probably about five years old at the time. And, and um, my, I, got a, I got a Tonka uh, fire truck and it, it had like, the, it had the ladder that you, and when I'm talking Tonka, I'm talking about die cast metal Tonka, not that cheap plastic crap. Like I'm talking about die cast metal, like the kind of somebody hits you, you had like, you had to go to the hospital with it, that, that kind of Tonka truck. And some of you are laughing because you hit somebody with a Tonka truck, right? Um, and, but like, and, and Jill had a dollhouse and I ran it over there and, you know, ran my superheroes up there to go ahead and, and because, you know, you have a house, you have a ladder. What do you got to do? Run it up there. And, and I just remember that time uh, of my, my grandparents being there. And then just uh, several other times, I think back to memories. I don't know the years. I could do math, but anybody knows me knows I'm not very good at math. But the thing is, there's certain moments where I remember going with my friends after we'd opened Christmas presents, going to meeting at, at um, either my house or somebody else's house, and then heading down to Turkey Point for the day, you know, or, or just something else like that. There's certain moments, and it's not dates, and it's, but, it's, but it's moments. It's points of, not, not points of time, but events and things that happen. Like, for instance, um, I, I mentioned before that when I've done funerals, I rarely talk about dates. That's just something that's very quick. The rest of it is more about what the person did, how they experienced life, who they spent time with, who were their friends, who were the people, what were the vacations that they did, um, what were their favorite things to do. Moments, time uh, throughout their whole lives. And so when many of us think about that, we're coming at the end of this year. And I ask you to think about, think about some of the, the top moments of your year this year. Anybody want to share any top moment of your year this year? There's one right there. There she is. That's my girl. And that's my, if you don't, if you're, you don't know, that's my granddaughter, and that's why she's so cute. She takes after me. Um, but, um, but you know what she did this week, even though I was sick? She said, Papa. Oh, yeah. That's a moment, isn't it, baby? Yep, that's a moment. She knows. I see you. Yeah, so anyway, so that's a huge moment. What about anybody else? Any other big moments? Oh, they got, both got engaged. There you go. All right, good. Yep, we had an engagement too. That's great. Anything else? The rest of you just had a boring year. All right, you know. Oh, there we go. Aaron. Yeah, Aaron moved to Georgia. He's back here today with us. We're glad. I know mom is really beaming today. <laughs> glad for that. So we had some other moments. What about, what, did you have any other moments that were really difficult? Anybody have any, what? Anybody have any? What? Downsizing. Heart surgery. You shrunk a half an inch. Well, you're fitting into the costume. There we go. All right. Uh, finals. Yeah, there we go. Aaron moving to Georgia. There we go. So what's somebody's high moment? Somebody's other. But all those are transitional. And I'll say, what did you do on February 3rd this year? You don't know. What did you do on July 7th at 5 o'clock? You don't know. But you remember the moments, the moments you spend with people, the times the thing happened. What about... What about something that God has done for you in this last year? Something that, a God moment that had happened in that year. Some of that probably transitioned in those moments. In the, the tough moments, that God was probably there in the midst of that. In the good moments, God was there in the midst of that. And that's what this series is about. It's about moments. And how God takes those moments and makes them sacred, makes them holy, makes them special. Now, I'm guessing that many of you are probably pretty busy. 
this time of year. Some of you who said, I got to do your Christmas shopping, shame on you, all right? But um, no, enjoy your day, all right? But, um, and so what I want to do is I want to give you a moment to just slow down. Right now, just to slow down and to give you a chance to take a deep breath. Sound good? All right, let's, let's actively try it. Everybody online too, ready? Go ahead, just take a deep breath. Feel good to just relax a little bit? Because what I want you to do is, I want you all to have an extremely Merry Christmas, and I pray that you get incredibly blessed in every way, and that you experience the joy of Jesus. And I want to give you a little bit of a gift for the next 35 minutes or so, 30 minutes or so, to invite you to just slow down and enjoy the presence of God and His power of His Word. As the quote from the famous Christian scholar, biblical theologian, Dr. Seuss, sometimes you don't know the value of a moment until it becomes a memory. So this week we're going to conclude our message series called Sacred Moments, and we're going to start with a very familiar verse. It says, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Now last week, last week we took time to look at the shepherds and who without hesitation, they rushed to the baby and to see him. And then they went and told everybody in the middle of the night, waking them up to tell them, a Savior has been born. A Savior has been born. And everybody was amazed. But there's this little verse in this section of Luke that I think is really interesting, where in Luke chapter 2, verse 19, all of a sudden it says this verse about Mary. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Sometimes you don't know the value of a moment until it becomes a memory. So today's title is called, Now I Remember. So I ask if you pray with me. Father, we ask that now as we look back, that you will reveal yourself and the true power of your Holy Spirit and your gospel and your love. For we ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, your son, we pray. And everybody in, in here says, amen. Mary treasured all these things up and pondered them in her heart. It's really interesting. The root word in, in Greek, because uh, that, that's what preachers do to make you think we're really intelligent. But um, what the root word of that actually is something, it, it means to tre- treasure it up. It means to gather up. But it's also, the, it's also a neat word that actually um, is also used for a, a mom who is nursing. That tells you how close she kept it up. She kept it to her. She get, started gathering things. At this time in her life, you know, this is, this is her looking back on these times and thinking about them. Looking back on the, the years. And Luke is just kind of a, taking these things down because he actually starts his gospel and starts the book of Acts. Hey, you know, a lot of people have tried to figure out this stuff, but I went and I, and, I, and I really had eyewitness accounts and I talked to them. And so we have a lot more about Mary here because he was talking to her and listening to her. And as he heard her, she said he just, she just treasured all these things up and just pondered them. So like in the midst of this, I want you to be thinking about Mary, a mother who just is so in love with God, so in love with her child, so in love with, with the people that God has placed in her life. And all of a sudden, she's reminiscing back on these, these crazy, crazy events. 
And she treasured them up. And she just in the middle just stops and starts thinking about it. I want you to put yourself in that mindset as Mary is here doing this. So what do you think Mary thought about? You think everybody else was excited and, and she just kind of slowed things down for a minute. So let's think, if Mary slowed things down for a minute and began to ponder some things, I want to give you some things today that I guarantee you Mary pondered in this time. The time that this happened and then looking back. So let's look at these. Three things that I'm going to share with you today that Mary pondered. Number one, the things that Mary pondered and, and treasured up and pondered in her heart. Mary thought about God's promises from the past. Mary thought about God's promises from the past. Before I, before I get going, you want me to give you a joke? Just thought I'd give you one. You seem a little bit bah humbugish today. So what do you call a wreath, a Christmas wreath full of $100 bills? A wreath of Franklin's. That's good. That's good. You like that. You'll tell that later. All right. Anyway. There you go. There you got a little smile there. All right. So, Mary, what did she do? Mary pondered God's promises from the past. Mary promised God's from the past. Got to love dad jokes, right? All right. There are a few things in life that people think about often, that people think about as moments in their lives. There's several things that people talk about. They talk about, um, and one of those is there are a few things more memorable than giving birth which admittedly is risky for me to say because I have never given birth. I've been around for five of them, but I was along for the ride. You know what I mean? Um, I've never done that. But you remember those moments. I remember um, my, my kids coming, coming along. I remember sitting there. I assisted in some, some fashion, sometimes better than others. The first one, I was just kind of outside waiting because it was emergency C-section and waiting for her to cry. And I'm like, okay. But then I had to enact because he had to go to the... Um, NICU unit, and I had to run, go up there with him, and I stayed with him. I was on baby detail while Melissa was doing what she needed to do, and I went, and, you know, I was like guardian daddy, you know, with this little guy here, and, and then, you know, I was there with Emigel and, and Rachel and Hannah and Judah and Sleepy and Doc, um, but, but no, I was there with all of them, and, and I remember, I remember their births. Don't ask me their birth dates, because I always screw that up a lot of times, but, but I, I remember those moments. I remember the first time seeing their faces. I remember the, just how, the, how they, they were. And, and I remember be, the first time they cried in church. And I remember I used to think all, all babies sounded the same until I heard my own cry. You know what I mean? And, and there's this kind of connection that's there. But, but you know, when it comes to, to birth, there are a few things that are more memorable than that. And so... If, if you can imagine the chaos of that, and we, we shared a little bit, imagine the chaos of, of having birth in a, in a barn. You know, uh, that, that's, that's where you're going to have it, My, 100 miles away from home. And then, as we talked about last week, all of a sudden, after you give birth and you're sitting there, all of a sudden, these strange, stinky shepherds show up. And then they're there, and these shepherds are there, and they're like, Mary, you might like, go home, all right? You know, and, and she's there, and when you go home, they finally go home. She probably thought, wow, that's nice, I guess. I guess it's nice. But, man, I'm glad they went home. And, and then after a while, she's just sitting there, and all of a sudden she gets a chance to just sit there and look at her, her little boy's face. Maybe Joseph is doing like us dads tend to do after a hard delivery, <laughs> right? He's probably snoozing somewhere on a hay bale. And Mary's sitting there, 
getting an opportunity to look at the face of this baby. And as she's sitting there and at one point she says, hey, wait a minute. She's thinking about how this journey of beginning of the week started in, in Nazareth, a little 20-acre plot of land that ain't nothing good come from there. I'm missing you, Joanna. There we go. There we go. All right. And, um, and so she's just sitting there thinking about it. And she goes, hey, well, and then we're in Bethlehem. She goes, wait a second, we're in Bethlehem? And she starts to think. And the words from her earliest days in synagogue start to come to her mind. And she thinks of the prophet Micah, who says, but you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, through you, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come one who is a ruler over Israel. And she probably said, wow, I'm in Bethlehem. Something that was prophesied 700 years ago. Here I am. I just had shepherds show up and had the angel and all this stuff. And she's just looking at his little face. He said, this is the fulfillment of 700 years. And she might have remembered how frustrated she was when Joseph came home from work and said, guess what, honey? We're going on a journey. I'm nine months pregnant. Yeah, 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 I know, but we're going on a journey. The Romans, they said, we got to take a census. She goes, okay, well, you be good. You have a safe trip. I'll see you. No, 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 we all have to go. And she says, we're going to do what? That's not fair. There's no way. I'm nine months pregnant. Come on, let's go. And the journey was not easy. It was 100 miles. And many believe that it took five, maybe five days. We talked about this several weeks ago, how it was a grueling trip and there was no Cracker Barrel or Chick-fil-A or Waffle House along the way. There was dangerous roads, and people often came, uh, came in clans together because they had to stay overnight, and there was raiders that were going to attack you. And it's estimated that Joseph and Mary were going to slow everybody down because she was pregnant, and it would only take 10. She would, they said she would only probably do about 10 miles that day is what some scholars believe. It was 30s during the day and it rained and it was miserable and nasty, probably like a day today or when you got up this morning. They would have worn woolen cloaks that were very heavy and they would shed off rain and wore like tube-like socks to protect their feet and heavily wooded areas that had uh, bears and lions and wild boars, which were no joke. Mary and Joseph had to bring their own provisions, time... Every time they wanted to eat, it was bread, bread and oil, and bread, and more bread, and like, ugh, can we get somewhere? And if it poured down rain, you better hope it was covered, or else you have wet bread. And then they got to Bethlehem, and there's no place there for them to stay. But then instead of Mary being upset, I can see her looking at that face and saying, Bethlehem, Bethlehem. God took us to Bethlehem, to fulfill what he said 700 years ago through me. Wait, wait, but there's more. And then she thought, oh, she was a good synagogue student, so she said, hey, you know what? What about Isaiah? Isaiah, 700 centuries also before. The Lord said, he himself will give a sign. The virgin will conceive a child. And she goes, you, that's me. That's me. And she'll give birth to a son, and she'll call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And she's sitting there holding him. 
God with us. He's right here. She stopped. She treasured. She pondered. And I want to give you a chance to do that as well. To just take a moment to reflect, to see if, if you can't see all the different ways that God has been faithful to you. In the fulfilling of his promises. It might have been a year ago. It might have been two years ago. It might have been ten years ago. Where there was something out there and then at one moment. Right now you're going to take time to just stop and ponder and look back. And treasure up what God has done. And just ponder how good he's been to you. And how faithful he's been with his promises in the past. The promise is that maybe nobody believed about you or believed in your life. That God proved to you as you look at the face of Jesus. They say he's faithful. He's faithful. But Mary not only pondered the things, the, you know, the, the parts of um, the promises of the past, but she also, I believe, pondered the peace of the present. She treasured up all these things, and I'm guessing that she may have looked over at Joseph, maybe seeing him in a different light, and thought, wow, this man stood by me. When he could have easily not believed the story that the child was conceived by the Holy Spirit, he stood by me. And maybe she looked at him in a different light and said, you know what, it's going to be okay. Or maybe she'd been worried about money and because he was a carpenter in little old Nazareth and didn't make a lot of money, and she's pondering now back, you know, I was so worried about money when Jesus was an infant. We had nothing, and, and you know, we, we were on the run because they were going to kill, kill us, and we had to go to Egypt, and we had to do this. I, what do we have? And wouldn't you know, all of a sudden, these three wise guys showed up. They were like, hey, yo. Wise guys get it? All right. Um, one guy's name was Vinny. All right. Um, but what did they give him? They gave him incense and myrrh. And what else did they give him? Gold. Woo! We got some gold. We don't have to worry now. You know, even before we were asking while I was concerned, God was providing. How many of us have spent time where we are so worried about God's provision? And all of a sudden, a wise guy, be careful, comes up and says, hey, here you go. If I, had, if I could tell you the number of times where God has just given his glorious, miraculous provision in my life, it's amazing. Time, time over time over time, moment after moment where it wasn't going to happen, God made a way miraculously. Somebody, I, I've told the story before, this church started... Um, the funding for this church started from a, um, one lady who was dying, um, somebody who I knew, and I, I went and met with her before her funeral, and her name was Flo. And, um, uh, and Flo said, um, hey, I understand you want to start a, a church. And I said, yeah, I feel that's what God's calling me to do. That's, I, we're, we're discerning that. And she said, okay. She said, well, when I pass away, because I'm getting close, I want to give you that. And $1,000 came with part of that. And that's miraculous, except for there was another miraculous thing. Right after I announced I was leaving the United Methodist Church, a lady who I never, ever met in my life, her sister attended the church that I was at at the time. I went into the office. I got a, uh, a check, and it said, 
from a lady. It's, uh, it was her sister, and it said, this is for the start of your church. It was a $1,000 check from a lady named Angel. Yeah. The miraculous provisions that God brings about when we follow his word and we do what he says. And we, uh, we listen to him. Mary knew that in that moment, in the middle of her chaos, in the middle of all her questions, in the middle of all her turmoil, God was still working. And she probably would have said something like this, I would have never chosen this, and it's not what I wanted, but God has always been faithful. And I could always experience his peace in the midst of anything, and I can experience it right now. And I started thinking about, in my life, some areas in addition to that. And I can tell you just a few of them so that you can kind of relate to your own life. And some of you have bigger ones and some of you have smaller ones, but it doesn't matter. God's in all that stuff. And uh, it could be when um, I graduated and went to West Virginia University and um, I, I did really well. I had a 1-6 my first semester. It was a fun 1-6 back then. But, um, and I did so much better my next semester, I got a 1-9. Woo! All right? And, um, yeah, you guys are loving it. Go Mountaineers, all right? Um, but anyway, and, um, you know, and I, I started just, I, I was struggling. I was struggling in myself and who I was. And, and I came home, and I didn't want to come home. And I came home, and I went to school, and, and then I, met, uh, I reconnected with Melissa. And then we both went back out to school, and I graduated on Dean's List. Do you hear that? <laughs> on Dean's List. All right. <laughs> I deserved a better reaction than that from a 1-6. <laughs> but anyway... Thank you, Elfie. All right. So, um, but, but what I'm saying, so, so that, it started in that, in that process. And during that time, there was so much turmoil and, and up and down. And I was so, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do and who I wanted to be and where I was. And I was up and down in all that. And then when I, when I graduated my first semester, I got a job with Peninsula United Methodist Homes. It was a, it was a retirement community and I was there and, and I got a job right away. And um, and I was like, yeah, and I was working there. And then I learned about corporate downsizing, right? You were talking about that, Jim. And I knew some people in our own community are dealing with corporate downsizing. And I was devastated. Oh, my gosh, corporate downsizing. I just graduated. And then I had to deal with the, the ego uh, attack of, of you, know, you know, trying to work out with unemployment and then being a college graduate and wrestle with all this kind of stuff and, and another shot to my ego. And then I had another job. And then I started uh, through a process and got in the United Methodist Church. And then I, I was like, oh, I'm just too late. But no, then God had two other churches that he put me in and they grew and we were there for nine years. And, and then after that, they did musical chairs and moved me somewhere else. And the people were awesome, but the bishop was not. And so anyway... Um, <laughs> God knows, and so does he. But anyway, um, so anyway, so so then, and then God put on, on my heart to start sending me to the. I started going to these um, these conferences. Uh, I, I was I wasn't settled. I wasn't settled at all. Great church on the outlook, great people, but I just was not settled in my spirit. And God started sending me these conferences, and they were all about church planning and church stuff. And I just had this desire, and and even the committees in the church are like. You know, in the Methodist church, like, hey, you need to be on our church planning committee. But when I'd ask somebody, hey, I feel God's telling me that, they'd say, no, you're good where you are, and that kind of stuff. And I said, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. And then all of a sudden, one thing happened to the other, and, and God, you know, made a way, and I was holding on because I loved my, my upbringing. I didn't want to go out without, you know, I liked the tether there and, and all that stuff. And then all of a sudden, you know, we, we started Haven Church, and 16 years ago, it started in my house, and 
began to something that was absolutely incredible. And then after several years, I decided to do a, a study, a church-wide study on, on radical by David Platt. It talked about being radical Christians and really, really not being like everybody else and reaching the people in the world and the, le- the, the least of these, that Jesus says. And all of a sudden, this crazy group of Havens Helping Hands and people get together and say, let's go to Haiti. And I'm like, yeah. Adios, enjoy, bon voyage, whatever, however you get there. And then all of a sudden, Emigel says, I want to go. And, and I'm like, that means I got to go. <laughs> I want to go. But when I went, it changed my life. And I saw the people. And I realized those people had a love for God and me that I needed to reconnect to. And I saw people had nothing. And I saw their lives changed and then give me something more than I ever could imagine. And to recognize that God used that to start a church. And to see the miracles like when in an area where there ain't hardly any electricity, where they're putting up an electric, like, pole, what is it, transformer, Jake? And that's what Jake does for a living. And that moment where he's struggling, God puts them going ahead, putting a transformer up there. And Jake's like, all right. And he goes up this He's up there helping them, and the guy's saying, he's so much better than you guys, you know. And, and, and it was just like, God was saying, Jake, I brought you here. And then Keith starts welding. That's what he does for a living with other people. And they're like, here, go ahead, do it. God was moving in that whole thing. And now that community, if you see the school, it's got like 50, 60 kids and had like five. And so that continues on and on and on. And and then you have things like a pandemic, and what do you do? Oh, everything's going to close, everything's going to do there. And yet we, we, we feed more uh, with Donna's leadership in Thanksgiving. And we do uh, uh, Christmas, uh, what are they called? Operation Christmas. We do all this stuff. We continue to do it. We figure out a way to, get, to have a, uh, a good Friday service online. Anybody remember that? Where you all had your little, that's where we first got the pre-packaged thing. We did all that kind of stuff. And, and through all those things, then you have a, a year that followed from hell with losing parents and losing friends and losing just everything. And you're like, what's going on? And then all that stuff, and all that stuff, all that stuff would have never happened if I hadn't have been on academic probation. <laughs> if I hadn't have been through the struggle. I wouldn't know that there's a God who has my back and brings peace in all circumstances. That the understanding that I have fails in comparison to the God that I serve. And as I treasure these things up, some of us need to treasure up some things that are, and bring them close to us, not treasure things that we want, but treasure the things that God has given us and ponder them and thought about the ways that God has been good to us. Maybe you need to take some time, take a moment, slow down and ponder and treasure up and look back. Even now look with different eyes as Mary did. And I'm praying you may see the presence of God that you never have. So Mary, ponder the promises of the past, the peace in the present. I think Mary had to be thinking about God's power in the future. Because if you don't know what happened, it was, it's really awesome that our uh, our Advent video today talked about a man named Simeon. Because after a week, the, the babies had to go be named and had to go through their official ceremony. And they took him to the temple and 
and there's a guy named Simeon here. And let me just share this with you. It's not in your bulletin, not all of it, but I want to share this story with you. And Simeon was there, and he was a prophet, and God had said to him, you will not die before you see the Messiah. And here's what it says. It says, it had been revealed to him that by the Holy Spirit, he would not die before he saw the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents, as Mary and Joseph, brought the child Jesus to do for him what was the custom of the law, Simeon took him in his arms, just snatched their little kid. How many, how many moms are you going to let somebody do that, all right? Snatched him, and he said, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which have been prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory to the, your people Israel. The child's father and mother, what did they do? Marveled at what was said about them. So an ordinary ritual, an ordinary dedication, a religious ceremony is about to become a sacred moment. And then, this, Simeon said, this child has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. Now, I don't know about you, but this is not something you want to hear about your baby. Oh, oh yes, baby, this is the one we've been looking for. Oh, and, and many are going to be against this one. But then he continues on. Mary and Joseph are there. And it says, and then Simeon blessed him. And who did he say this to? Mary. He said to Mary's mother, and she, he looked at her, holding his baby, and says, and a sword will pierce your heart too. That's not a, a, a thing for a Hallmark card, right? Merry Christmas, a sword's going to pierce your heart. Happy holidays, right? You know, I mean, that's not something... It's good. What is going on here? What is going on? A, seared, a sword will pierce your heart too. There's no way that Mary could have known at that moment that the world's greatest blessing would also be the greatest breaking. Because in the next 33 years, Mary would see when Jesus was left at the temple at age 12 and he would amaze the teachers of law by teaching them. And it said, Mary, but Mary treasured all these things in her heart. Or she was very present at his first miracle in Cana. Matter of fact, she was the driving force. Came to him and said, hey, we're running out of wine. Do something. He said, it's not my time. She said, do whatever he says. Total mom, right? Just do what he says. She totally ignored him and just said, do what he says. And then you have, she was there for his healings, his miracles, the crowds following him, the casting out demons and the calling out of his disciples, the calling them out. And in, if you want to read a lot about this, Mark chapter 3 is great. He was in conflict with religious leaders and other conflicts started to rise. He even had family conflicts. If you don't believe me, in Mark chapter 3, this is a verse we don't talk about. He had other brothers and sisters, and look what it says. It says, when his family heard about this, this is Jesus healing people and, and saying, hey, I take authority over demons. And he says, it says, when his family heard about this, they went to take charge of him, for they said, what? He's out of his mind. That's like, some of you may feel that way about some of the people you're going to see tomorrow, right? This person's out of their mind. This is what they thought about Jesus. Let's go get him. Take charge of him. They were going to drag him away because they said he's losing it. And you know what? None of them believed in him except for Mary who treasured it and James who at the, at the end saw him and then they came to faith when they saw him after the resurrection. At this point, they thought he was a loon cake. Oh, that's my crazy brother, Jesus. Mm, he thinks he's the Messiah. Yeah. Yeah, just go along with it. Oh, yeah, Lord. Right? Right? And so, but Mary saw it, and she dealt with that, dealt with a family conflict. 
Joseph isn't around. Many people believe he died. She's dealing with this conflict. And then she got to see his victorious entrance on Palm Sunday on the back of a young donkey. And the crowds shouting, Hosanna, save us. Again, knowing that that's a prophecy. And yet, just a few days later, she got to see the suffering and crucifixion of her firstborn. She got to see as, the, as he was beaten, as the flesh was torn from his back, the same back that she patted to burp and rubbed to sleep. A swollen and bloodied and bruised face. A face she had kissed so many times before bed or before he left the house. Blood that Mary wiped clean when he had a cut or scrape. She got to see him fall under the weight of carrying a cross with crowds spitting and cursing and hitting him, remembering maybe his very first steps when he tripped and fell. And, or when he w- she said, hey, can you carry this to your father, to Joseph? And then they get to Golgotha, and they stripped him naked and took his hands and feet and held to a cross. That same naked body that she once wrapped in cloths in a manger. The same hands that she held in her hands, that they those hands that reached out and grabbed her finger as such a little baby. Those same feet that she rubbed lotion on and just held so smooth are now nailed to a cross and she's staring right at them. On the cross, she has, sees a crown of thorns crushed upon his head where across his brows, she probably wiped away the, the hair and said, why don't you get your hair cut? Or just played with his hair as he laid on her lap and went to sleep. And at the cross, she hears a cry and a loud exhale, and she's thrust back to a manger where she heard a cry in the first inhale of breath. And as a soldier took a spear and plunged into his side, and blood and water flowed. At that moment, Simeon's words became all that real. And Mary treasured them all and pondered them in her heart. Yes, Mary would stand at the foot of the cross and look on her innocent, sinless son, suffered and dying on a cross. Yet even in the midst of her worst pain, when you walk with God like Mary did, when you know God like Mary did, when you've seen his faithfulness in the past, when you've known his peace in the present, You can say, I can fully trust him with my future. He's always been faithful. And because he's always been faithful, his promises are always true, and I can trust him no matter what. Guess what? She could definitely trust him, and you can too, because three days later, Mary got to see something else. She got to watch him die on a cross, but she got to see God, our God, our Heavenly Father, raise Jesus up from the dead. The tomb could not hold him. The stone was rolled away, and the Lamb of God who was slain for the world is alive forevermore. He was not there, defeating death and hell and the power of the grave, and all that the angel Gabriel said came true in his victory and might. So that at any moment, why did he do it? So that at any one moment, so that anyone, no matter what you've done, at any moment, when you call on the name of the Lord Jesus, your sins will be forgiven. And you'll be made completely brand new. 
not because of what you've done, not because of your good works, but out of the love of the Father and the gift of the Son, the perfect sacrifice of Jesus Christ. So I can almost promise you that Mary sat there as Luke is asking her, tell me about Jesus. Tell me about when he was born. Tell me about anything, stories from when he was a kid. Yeah, we lost him one time at the temple. I know that doesn't sound like a good parent, but I treasured it up. So we can just sit there. She, re, she pondered. What was she treasuring and pondering? Ultimately, what was she treasuring and pondering? She was treasuring up and pondering with all the ups and downs in life, the goodness of God. The goodness of God. And as I wind this down in this series, we talked about the power of sacred moments. Joseph, a good man, a carpenter, a descendant of David, and in a moment, he learns the goodness of God through obedience. Because what did he learn? He learned that you have, what we can learn, you have no idea what God can do through one moment of obedience. We talked about Mary, a teenage girl, 13 to 15 years of age, from 20 acres, nothing Nazareth, looking forward to her wedding and her life moving on with Joseph. And in a moment, she learned the goodness of God through full surrender. And she would tell us this, surrender is not a moment in time, it's moments all the time. And then we talked about the shepherds last week. And we talked about the need that if you feel like an outcast like they did, an outcast in society and religion, not good enough, unclean, uneducated, unloved. But in a moment, they learned the goodness of God through not hesitating. Because what they tell us is you never know how God might use one moment of boldness to change someone's life forever. And today... We learned that Mary was treasuring it all up and pondering it. Pondering God's promises from the past, God's peace for the present, God's power for the future. And in a lifetime of moments, what did she learn in looking back? She learned what Dr. Seuss told us. You may never know the value of a moment until it becomes a memory. If we look at this verse from Luke 3, 21, Mary treasured all these things up and pondered them. What are the, good, what are the goodness of God that you're treasuring up, that you're pondering, even in the midst of the most difficult times of your life? So I can promise you that Mary sat there reflecting, thinking about the goodness of God, and I want to give you a moment to do the same as well. He is Emmanuel. He's God with us. He's here now. Who is he? If you're hurting, and I know many are, he's your comforter. If you're afraid right now, and I know some are, he's your help in time of trouble. If you feel weak right now, and there's too much and you're overwhelmed, he's your perfect strength. In your weakness, his strength is made perfect. If you're hurting right now, because you've lost a relationship, or because you feel rejected, or because you feel broken, He's the friend that will never leave you or forsake you. If you feel financially strapped, he's Jehovah Jireh. He's your provider. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He always comes through. If you're sick, believe by his stripes we're healed. And no matter where you are, no matter what you've done, he's your heavenly father who loves you perfectly in every way. There's nothing you can do to make him not love you anymore 
There's nothing you can do to try to get more love for him. He's shown you the full extent of his love. So in this moment, this ordinary, mundane, regular Christmas Eve, church day moment, ponder it, embrace it, savor it. Emmanuel with us, God with us. And sometimes you never know the value of a moment until it becomes a memory. Amen? Let's stand. Let's stand and, and pray today. we think of of Christmas, I know we have so many plans and we have so many things, but you know what you guys are doing? You're not just, some of you don't even remember what you got for somebody in, in a present, right? You ever have those moments like, what is that? I bought that for you? Or, or you might feel the same way when somebody buys you something. Oh, thanks. All right. Um, but I guarantee you, not many of us remember what we got four years ago but I bet you we know who was there. I bet you we know that, that the, the celebration that we had and the joy, or, or I bet you we know that people who aren't there anymore. Because it's the moment. It's the moment. So this Christmas, don't get caught in the stuff. Get caught in the moment. Get caught in the moment with, the other, with each other. So let's just um, pray and just ask God to, um, to bring us a powerful moment here today. Lord, we, we're just here in your presence today, and we just love you, and, and we're just so thankful for you. And let us not lose sight of, of who you are and how, how your goodness is just amazing. And so, Father, right now, I ask by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would do what only you can do. Wherever people are praying today for those who say, I, wonder, uh, I, I just wonder about the presence and the power and the goodness of God right now. So, Lord, I just pray that your promises are that wherever two or three are gathered, so are you. And so, God, just be very present here today. And for those who are hurting right now, would you just open up the heavens and give them peace? God, give them peace that passes all their human understanding. Give, them, give us help to know your goodness, that you're always with us. Reveal it to us in so many things by your nature, by others, in, in, in word and song and whatever it may be. God, I, you know, there are so many of us that just are going to go out and go back into the routine of life, and we're going to just get back in that role. We're going to have ups and downs, and we're going to forget about you. We're going to forget about the goodness of God until we need it again. And Lord, I just feel that you're just telling us today, hey, think of those times. Treasure them up, ponder them, and think about the times that were the biggest blessing and some that were also the biggest breaking. I know that I had a purpose and a, and a plan for your life. And I was there, and I'm still there. And that's what he wants to know. That's what he wants you to know. And so, God, I want you to know that we love you. And, God, you loved us so much that you sent your son, Jesus, who was born of a virgin. Why does that matter? Because Jesus didn't inherit any of the sin nature of his father. Because he was flesh, but he was sinless. 
And that's why we're here today. I know that we talk about Jesus is the reason for the season, but in a, in a strange way, we're the reason for the season because that's the whole reason why you came, because of your love for us. And so today, somebody just needs to hear the love of God the Father. And so if you really just need to hear the love of God for you, just say this to him. Say, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me where I mess up. Jesus, be my Savior. Fill me with your Spirit so I could know you and live for you and serve you and follow you. And for the rest of my life, my life is not my own, but it is for you. I give it all to you in Jesus' name. In your name we pray. Amen.
You have a very, very merry, merry Christmas. And um, for everyone, I, I hope that we see a whole bunch of you tonight at 7 o'clock. We're going to have a good good fun time. I'm going to have a nap before that. And um, hopefully get rid of some more more of my tiredness. But anyway, have a great, uh, great uh, Christmas. And God bless. And we'll see you. One thing I do want to say, he's probably going to kill me. Caden, we've been, we prayed for, and that is a miracle of goodness of God right there. Right there. And I love him. And he can... He can beat me up later, but uh, I love him, and he knows the goodness of God really is what has him up. We prayed for him for a long time, and we're going to pray more because his grandmother looked like an elf. God bless. Yeah.